Welcome to another episode of the Transcending Conversations podcast. The city of Chelsea is one of the oldest cities in the United States. For several centuries, it has boomed with industry, population growth, and community. It is home to a large Latin population and has provided shelter, work, and support to many refugees for decades. The city of Chelsea faces several challenges, just as all cities do, and Carl Allen has worked hard to listen to Chelsea's residents and help seek solutions to the problems they face. Carl Allen had a successful career in the software industry, then returned to school to study resource economics and urban planning. He has used that degree as a springboard, devoting the latter part of his career to public service. Carl now serves as an economic development planner for the city of Chelsea. Carl has been working tirelessly to bring more equitable opportunities to his community. Recently, he has crafted an innovative plan to provide public broadband access to the residents of Chelsea. He hopes this will enable them to engage effectively in the digital world. We are so excited to welcome Carl to this episode of the Transcending Conversations podcast. Welcome, Carl, to the Transcending Conversations podcast. We're so excited to have you. It's awesome to be here. Good, good, good. I'm glad you feel that way. Just to get started, can you just introduce yourself to our listeners and give them some background information about how you got involved in the digital divide space? Sure. My name is Carl Allen. I'm an urban planner in the Department of Housing and Community Development for the city of Chelsea, Massachusetts. And digital divide became a tragic and critical issue as COVID hit. Chelsea was one of the worst hit communities in the country at the beginning of the pandemic. And our residents struggled to get access to services, to teach their kids, we patched together some solutions, but they were definitely patches and often didn't work. So we started looking at it holistically as a longer-term problem that we needed to solve and not just something to address the immediate crisis. And so that brought us to uh, digital equity planning been at it. We have a digital equity plan done. We now have a digital action plan done, which is a preliminary design for a municipally owned broadband network um, that will run fiber through all of the city. We're fortunate in the sense that we're a small city, about 40,000 people and we're compacted into just under two square miles. So wow. we're pretty dense. Yeah, it sounds like it. Can you speak to how you personally got involved with the city of Chelsea? What was that kind of like? My midlife crisis caused me to go back to school and uh, I went to grad school. Actually, my goal was to learn something I knew nothing about. And so I went back and studied resource economics, got a master's in resource economics, realized I didn't want to be an economist. So I hung out for another couple of years at the university and studied 
transportation planning in the engineering school and urban planning in the planning department. And after I had enough education, I did an internship at a regional planning agency and then did an internship at the city of Chelsea. And then they hired me as an economic development specialist. And I've been at that for the past uh, little over six years. And it's been uh, great. That's awesome. So you were speaking a little bit about the population of Chelsea. It's really dense. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, the kind of people that live in Chelsea, demographics, and just kind of like what their situation is? So Chelsea is largely an immigrant community. It's been welcoming waves of immigrants since its founding um, in 1624. We're about to celebrate our 400th anniversary of settlement. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. So, you know, first the English came over and then it was kind of a pastoral suburb of Boston for about a century. We're directly across Boston Harbor from the city of Boston. And then uh, new waves started coming of immigrants, uh, mostly from Europe. And there was a huge wave of Jewish immigrants from Eastern Europe. This was one of the largest Jewish communities in the U.S. for quite a while. They all eventually moved out, though there's a small remnant population. And now we're largely a Latino community. And about two-thirds of our population is Latino or self-identifies as Latino. Just under 50% of our residents were born outside the U.S. Wow. With a large immigrant population, unfortunately, also comes a high degree of poverty. The median income in Chelsea is about half of what it is in the Boston metropolitan statistical area. And so our residents struggle. And it's, you know, unfortunately, you know, while there are a lot of benefits to being adjacent to Boston, it also means we're part of the Boston housing market. And rents have been skyrocketing in Boston for a while now, and it hasn't slowed down at all. So our residents are uh, facing higher and higher rents, and wages aren't matching it. And as a result, things like utilities become harder and harder to pay for, and Internet access, broadband, is one of the first things that tends to go because you don't need it to survive, though you kind of do to participate in society. And so that has led to this digital equity crisis where people 
even if they can get service, the service is poor and they pay way too much for it. And so one of the things we're hoping to solve through our digital equity efforts is to bring the price of broadband way down from what the commercial carriers are charging and to increase the quality of service uh, way beyond what you can get from our incumbent providers. What other maybe specific challenges do residents face when they cannot get reliable internet access? You know, it was particularly bad when the economy shut down and most services suddenly were provided digitally. So access to healthcare, a lot of that started going through telehealth and people didn't have stable connections to talk with their doctors. Education, our schools shut down for almost a year. So the interim patch was to give every child in the school system a Chromebook, and then they were giving out uh, hotspots. The hotspots didn't have the bandwidth needed, and if you had two or three children trying to share a hotspot, the Zoom calls would just keep crashing, and they were unable to participate actively in their education. And it was a tragic loss. Uh, We lost a lot of days of schooling as a result of poor internet access. You mentioned that you've been working on I think you said an action plan and then uh, an equity plan, I think, were the two. Yes. So do you want to kind of dive into those? What what are those? What does that mean? And what do those plans look like for the city of Chelsea? Well, the digital equity plan is pretty high level assessment of what the services available are and what the population has access to and where the digital divide occurs. It divides it into what they like to refer to as a three-legged stool, where you have access, you have equipment, and then you have the knowledge to actually use the equipment and participate. So it addresses each of those three pillars of digital equity, and we certainly have the issues in all of them. The digital access plan is much more focused on the infrastructure piece of it, and it's a preliminary design of what the build-out would look like to cover the entire city and bring fiber to every building in the city and preliminary cost estimate. And so it's about a 25% to 30% design. Our next step is to finalize a business plan that allows it to be self-sufficient and we're hoping to gain access through the State Broadband Institute to some of the federal infrastructure dollars that are flowing and hoping that that will subsidize a lot of the capital that's required to do the build-out. In addition to that, we're separately partnering 
with our local workforce board who put in an application to address the digital literacy piece of it and the device piece of it. And we expect that to get funded and start up. Part, part of the infrastructure problem is also somewhat simple to solve in that most of our residents rent their router from the cable company, and it's a low-quality piece of equipment that doesn't work very well. And we have the potential to use some of these funds that are already starting to flow to replace that equipment and give people better access with the connection that they have. It still won't be sufficient, but it's an incremental improvement and it's something we can build on. It's crazy how just such small changes could make like such a, a big difference over time. And I think that's how we have to approach these really massive issues like the digital divide is with incremental steps and incremental changes, right? They weren't problems that were created overnight, so they're not going to be problems that are going to be solved overnight. So I think that's great that you're seeking any way that you can make small changes. Yeah, but we're hoping uh, to start making progress pretty quickly. My one worry in all of this is that when we implement it, it will mean that the people of Chelsea will have access to much better broadband than anyone else in greater Boston at a much lower price point. And we don't need additional gentrification pressures, but this will suddenly become an ideal place to work from home, even though most of our residents don't have jobs that can be done remotely. Most of them are essential workers who work in food service, in hospitality, in building maintenance. Right. This could make things a little bit trickier, trickier for the housing market as well. <laughs> I would love to hear just kind of the, the process behind these plans. I mean, I think there are a lot of challenges that a city faces. And so how did you and the city of Chelsea come to decide, okay, we want to like make a stand on digital equity. We really want to put this forth. Why did that become something that was a priority for you? You know, we're a planning department, so we tend to spend a lot of time listening to people and trying to understand what the pain points are in their lives that a municipality could actually help improve. The pandemic brought broadband access way up to the top of that list, just because all of a sudden, at least everyone with school-age kids needed it and didn't have it. So it became very apparent early on that this was a long-term problem that we needed to solve. And so we spoke with our local regional planning agency, the Metropolitan Area Planning Council, and they were interested in doing some digital equity work and found some funding to do the digital equity plan. And 
We partnered with two of our neighboring uh, municipalities, and the three of us kind of did the plan in parallel. So that kind of made it easier, and there were so many similarities between us and our neighbors that we were able to address them concurrently. And while we were doing that, the Build Better broadband effort came out, and we applied for that national grant. Uh, We were selected as one of the six national recipients of the grant, and that's what funded the Digital Action Plan with EntryPoint and BRE Networks. Absolutely. The Transcending Conversations podcast is excited to spotlight innovations within all industries that are leading to increased digital access and equity. In past episodes, we have highlighted nonprofit organizations that are working hard to minimize the digital divide. Today, we would like to highlight a different approach in solving this massive issue. Few small municipalities in Massachusetts have adopted a clear strategy to ensure reliable and accessible internet connectivity to their residents and businesses. Most cities within the state of Massachusetts do not have a clear understanding of what role the government plays when it comes to digital access. Today we want to highlight the work of both Revere and Chelsea municipalities as they are working to become digital equity leaders within the Commonwealth. Using funding from the Federal Economic Development Administration's Disaster Mitigation and Recovery Grant, along with direction from the Metropolitan Area Planning Council, both Chelsea and Revere are working to create a clear plan for digital digital access and equity in their communities. This plan involves leveraging a strong resource network of local, state, and federal resources across public, private, nonprofit, and educational sectors. The project will be led by a core working group that includes an advisory committee of expert entities, along with city staff and other key partners. The creation of this plan implements input from residents, businesses, and other local stakeholders who need the solutions. It is an innovative, human-focused, and impact-driven approach to create real, specific, and sustainable change for the communities that need it. We are excited to see how this plan develops and how it can be an example to other municipalities, towns, and cities across the United States as they seek digital equity for those that they serve. What advice would you give to other cities who are trying to forge partnerships for digital equity? Talk to your neighbors, talk to your residents, get people excited about it. And that's something we need to do more of as part of the digital equity plan. We did do a fairly large survey of residents just to understand what the needs are but we need to continually loop back and re-engage the uh, population. And change happens when there is grassroots will for it to happen. Yeah. If it were left just to agencies, 
you have all of these incumbent players who have lots of clout lobbying and you need uh, the will of the people to kind of push back against the behemoths that are making lots of money delivering bad service. Absolutely. Yeah, I think especially at the local level, you know, you want to see your local leaders focusing on issues that are really important to you. And so I think it's very important to get the public's buy-in on those issues and make sure that not only are you, you know, finding solutions, but you're finding solutions that they're excited about, that they're willing to operate in. Because if they're not invested in the solution, it's not going to solve anything. Yeah. No, I was blessed to have a city manager who was very enthusiastic about this and saw it as uh, you know, a critical win that we could actually accomplish. And we have an 11-member city council, and all of the councillors, uh, when I've spoken to them, have also been enthusiastic about supporting it. I haven't asked them for money yet, so it's <laughs> not uh, We'll no see care. how enthusiastic they are then. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. So what are you most excited about, about this plan? The most exciting part is that we will be able to deliver symmetrical gigabit connections to every household in Chelsea. And the preliminary estimates are you know, assuming we can get capital funding for most of the build-out, which I think we can, that the monthly costs will be somewhere in the mid-30s. And that it, it's insane. You know, that's what the companies are charging for their lowest tier of service, which is abysmal. And they're... <laughs> you know, charging three or four times that for something that isn't actually delivering a symmetrical gigabit service, even if you're paying for up to a gigabit um, that's download only, and it's up to, so you're never actually getting it. It's just, that's the most they'll ever give you. And so we have an opportunity to drastically change that model and hopefully have a very positive impact on people's lives. One thing that we've talked a lot about on this podcast is just that a lot of people, when they think about why access to internet is important, they think about, you know, entertainment primarily, they think about maybe online shopping. Some people think about work. But overall, this issue hasn't really become really important to, to all of our listeners or to the population of the United States yet. You know, people are just starting to get on board. And so why would you tell everyday listeners that this issue is important for them? So much of public and private life has gone digital. And if you don't have access to reliable connections, you're not participating. 
so many meetings now happen on Zoom. I used to have to commute all over the place in order to go to in-person meetings, and that almost never happens anymore. So there's, you know, kind of the work side, but that's more of a white-collar kind of thing, and most of our population is blue-collar. But still, access to telehealth, access to educational resources. So one of the other things that I have on my plate is workforce development within the city. And a lot of that is still digital and looks like it's going to remain digital. So for people to acquire new skills so that they can get better jobs, they need access to the internet and they need it to be reliable and they need to be able to do it at the same time that, you know, their kids are doing homework and not have to worry about sharing a connection and even participation in public life. So much of the information that we push out from city hall here is now done electronically and much of it is accessible um, over phones through things like Facebook but even then you need reliable connections and the people who have cell phone plans here you know their bandwidth is often metered it's not unlimited plans and they worry about using it up and not having any bandwidth at the end of the month. So having uh, reliable Wi-Fi connections at home lets them bypass some of the limitations of cell plans. A couple of months ago now, I was speaking with a city councillor and telling her about the broadband plans, and she's like, oh, wow, that's great. I was just... You know, talking to one of my constituents and someone was knocking, pounding on their door in the middle of the night and their friend out on the street had just overdosed and their cell plan wasn't working and they were desperate for someone to call 911 for them. We, we have a long way to go before we're an equitable society, but... This is a step in the right direction. It's crazy to think that, like, internet access, you know, has the power to save lives, potentially, right? There are things that we rely on the internet for that we just completely forget we rely on the internet for. It's just become so second nature. And, you know, just thinking that, like, increasing broadband access could, like, save somebody's life is crazy. Like, of course, like, why would we not spend time and effort and energy to try and get this in the works and get this fixed? Yeah, and we know how to do it. Right. Okay, before I ask our final question that we ask all of our wonderful guests, I was wondering if there's anything else that you feel you'd like to say about this issue or say about the city of Chelsea and what they're doing. We try and innovate whenever we can. Over the course of 21 into 22, we ran the largest pilot of a universal basic income program where we were funding 2,000 people 
uh, or households with between 200 and 400 a month to buy food because the lines at our food pantries were so long. In that case, we had 3,000 applicants for 2,000 cards. We're in the process of doing a second round because the rising utility bills are making people not have enough money to buy food again. And this time we're using city funds and we only have enough to do between 600 and 700 households. The applications closed last week and we had well over 8,000 applications. Wow. Uh, but only a little over 5,000 of them were from Chelsea. Uh, there were applications from all over the country that people are just so desperate that even though, you know, we said residency was, and income level were the only two requirements, but the amount of desperation out in the U.S. is it's just mind-boggling. Yeah, this is an issue that we need to face, we need to fix. And, you know, it's so hard to think about, like, you know, you have to spend money in order to participate, in order to earn money. And it just becomes this cycle, right? Yeah. So we've got to find a break in the cycle. Well, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and the city of Chelsea is doing to help, you know, so many people who need it. And I think those are the steps, like we talked about, the small incremental steps that we can make. You know, we will we'll find solutions to this problem. And I, I think it's hopeful. I think people are starting to jump on the bandwagon and, and get things rolling. And I hope that this plan, you know, is executed well and that it turns out to be a great thing for the city of Chelsea. Thank you. I'm sure it shall be. <laughs> okay, so our last question is, we like to, to wrap up every episode by asking, what action can our listeners take to help us transcend the conversation and create real and impactful change in this digital divide space? So what is one thing that you would recommend listeners do? You know, in reality, there are two digital divides out in the world uh, or in the U.S. There's a geographic digital divide, and that one's uh, particularly in rural parts of the country where it just has never made sense because no one can make a profit installing the infrastructure out there. And that's the digital divide that Congress has focused on. And through the infrastructure bill, they're trying to close. And, you know, legitimately, they're, you know, giving priority to Native American reservations and some of the, you know, rural farm areas that desperately need it. And that the solution to that's well understood. We did it with the Rural Electrification Act back in the 1930s, and that worked great. And all of the country got electricity. And in the same way, all of the country should get broadband. But there's another digital divide, which is an economic one, where the haves have it and the have-nots don't. And this one's more related to the market not wanting to support the capital investments 
needed to bring quality service to all Americans. And that's just because there is no good ROI and they can claim they're serving residences even if the service is poor. And so it doesn't seem to be a priority, but it should be. And my request of all your listeners is don't be silent. You know, call your representatives at both the state level and the federal level and let them know that this is an issue that government can solve. I love that. That's something that we can all do. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Carl, for joining us. And thank you for sharing your expertise and your wisdom and just your wonderful demeanor and attitude. We appreciate that you were willing to come on this podcast and we're excited for our listeners to hear what you had to say. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. We really want to thank Carl Allen for joining us on this episode of the Transcending Conversations podcast. We are so grateful for his dedication and determination to serving the people of Chelsea and beyond. To learn more about what the city of Chelsea is doing to navigate and remedy digital inequities, visit ChelseaMA.gov. That's ChelseaMA.gov or find the link in our show notes. Make sure to join us next week for a very special episode of the Transcending Conversations podcast. We recognize that with access to the internet and internet-abled devices comes an increased risk of mental health challenges linked to internet platforms, especially social media. So let's talk about it. In our next episode, we will dive deep into this topic with Larissa May, also known as Lars, the founder of Half the Story. You won't want to miss this episode. See you then.